I forgot to do the tidbit where he calls me he, but you can just know that inside your heart. So he said he, somebody, did the young guy correct him? Who corrected yeah, him? Yeah, we both, we both did, I found out. Like, he goes, he goes, where are you from? And the young guy's like, no, neither of us answer. And then the younger goes, I'm local. And then he, and instead of asking me where I'm from again, he goes, and he's just, <laughs> he goes, and he's, He's a visitor, but he uses the word Prieju, which is like, it's not derogatory, but it means like person who has arrived and it's used for all like non-ethnic Russian people. Okay. And he's like, oh, and he's a visitor. (laughs) And then he goes, we both go, she. (laughs) He completely ignores it and he goes, read the book. It's also just crazy that anybody would think that you're a man in person. Like that happens to me and it like makes more sense. But like you just don't look like a dude at all. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Also, you'd been talking to him. He heard your voice. Well, actually, I think he was hard of hearing and clearly he was also hard of eyesight. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't really care who he's interacting with that much, it sounds like. I don't think so. I think he had a story to tell and I had a microphone and he told his story and he doesn't care if I'm a he or she. But he was weird. I was like right next to him and I had said a few words and he was just like, so he's a comment. And we were like, she, and he's like, anyway, read the book. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so good. Have a um, nice night, young man. I love that. Oh, my God. That's fucking crazy because it says Olivia. <laughs> in the text. Wait, did you talk to him at all? Like you got in and you said hello, right? Mm-hmm. And did you say like how are you doing, or was it just hello? I think he's also hard of hearing. That's crazy though. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then it, and as you were getting out, he just goes, "Have a nice night, young Wait, man." I feel like it's not. How, I feel like that's not. Oh, I'm trying to remember what he actually said. It's not. I think have a nice night. I think he said ah no no no. okay he did he said young man for sure he said this is why i think he's hard of hearing we were arriving so it wasn't the leaving thing it was when we were right well yeah he was like arriving at my house and he said like is this the right address or like is this the right place right right here Uh and i said yep and he like didn't hear me okay hard of hearing and he goes young man is this the right (laughs) place young man is this the right place and i was like yes and then i like get out of the car and like i'm like i guess i'm just a man i love that he called you young man young man pay attention i'm speaking to you i already answered you asshole and i'm it's a young woman this is the meat of the podcast have you ever caught your have you ever caught your profile reflection in the mirror? Yeah. 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 This shit feels like I won't ever make it home. Graphics back up, I got to get off of this road. From St. Petersburg and Brooklyn, this is She's in Russia. I'm Smith. And I'm Lily. And what are we doing today? Okay. Are you like, are you buckled in? 
I, oh, I'm buckled. Because I'm buckled, baby. We're about to go for a long ride, Missy. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Don't ask questions, you little brat. <laughs> In order for me to tell you what we're talking about today, I need to set the stage a little which is that in Russia, in the first week of May, there are a series of holidays that are generally referred to as the May holidays, <laughs> shockingly. And May 9th is a national holiday all over Russia and the former Soviet Union. It's known as Victory Day, which is the day that marks the end of World War II, which in the former Soviet Union is referred to as the Great Patriotic War importantly. Mm. And I didn't actually like fully realize it's not just like a, it's not just an alternative name. It also sort of is like a paradigm shift because it refers to the fact that that name refers to the fact that people in the former USSR, a lot of them didn't like leave the USSR to fight because they were fighting on their own ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. They were, like, literally defending their motherland. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the name, the Great Patriotic War, does have the fatherland root in it, not motherland, but whatever. Same idea. Like, excuse me. Like, a, almost like a civil, almost like civil, but not, you know, war on our territory. 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 <laughs> so, on May 9th, I went to Palace Square, which is, like, a huge central section, not a square, area right where the winter palace is you didn't go there no we didn't do any touristy stuff okay well do you know what it looks like from pictures it's like a massive epic space yeah i mean you yeah yeah you sent the pictures to me and i looked at them so yes so yeah i went to palace square to see what i can see okay so it's may 9th and i'm standing on palace square again it's a sunny day it's about 2 p.m. And there's a bunch of people gathered here and a lot of like military personnel that have, they've set up sort of barricades around one part of the square and the military guys, I'm not sure exactly who, who they are, are lined up um, along these barricades and people are just kind of like gathering on the other side. So it's like they're blocking off a big part of the square for some kind of parade celebration this one big stage set up and like big banners that say happy victory day that have been up for the past few days but there's just like this sense of something waiting to happen and there's kind of like a like a calm sort of lazy sunday afternoon vibe like families milling around people walking slowly around a lot of people with kids and something that's very notable noticeable is that a lot of people maybe most people out on the square right now and on the street on Nevsky seem to be under the age of 40 ish like are all relatively young one thing that I also noticed was different groups of people separating themselves off from the crowd and singing and there was in in on Palace Square there was a group of Cossacks, which you may know from the scary news from Moscow that they were whipping people. They didn't whip people in <laughs> St. Petersburg as far as I saw. Okay, I thought you were gonna say on Victory Day. <laughs> on Victory Day. to see a parade. But di- but I don't think that there was whip- whipping in St. Petersburg. 
during the protest but whatever but yeah on victory day definitely not and i came upon a group of cossacks <laughs> singing in a circle And so I was kind of like wandering around looking for people to talk to who were over the age of 40, possibly. And I was like, I was really veteran targeting. We're sort of skipping ahead because at some point more people started filling the square that had been marching down Nevsky, which I'll explain what that is later. So now there's like more people, of, there's more older people, there's more like people who appear to be veterans in the square. Wait, what what age veterans are you talking about? Like straight up patriotic war veterans? That old? There are very few people, but that was what I was looking for. But yeah, I just mean like over the age of not like 40. Just like don't want to talk to 40 year olds um, <laughs> ever in any circumstances. They don't have anything to offer. <laughs> they really don't. It's like, are you old or are you young? Uh, anyway, yeah. So... I'm just targeting in general. I'm like looking for someone who's older. And I saw this guy from far away who, who was just like very noticeable character. He, he had a bunch of medals, medallions pinned to his jacket and like was holding a bouquet of flowers. And I went up to him. And when I went up to him, he was already speaking with a guy who was like my age-ish looking. And I just like went up to join their conversation and then the guy was like trying to buy a book from him wait the young guy was trying to buy a book or the other way around the young guy was i didn't tell you this right no okay the young guy was trying to buy a book from the older man the man who's holding flowers and has medals and like i just come up thinking i'm about to talk to him and suddenly there's this like transaction happening (laughs) and it's kind of a separate story but i ended up buying the book as long as wait why why because because i because i went up there to talk to him and the younger guy was fumbling around looking for money and then didn't have anything smaller than a thousand and i had 200 and that's what he wanted for the book and i just paid for it and in the end later after we spoke the younger guy just gave me the book instead of giving me money and i said okay so you he see? he was like he, so like you bought the book for the younger guy but then he was like no you just should keep I it. didn't want to give it I wasn't trying to give him it as a present I was trying to just pay the older guy and have the younger guy pay me back but this is a stranger okay. so you know like how is he gonna he hear? didn't want to like deal with that well so you know he like, was like keep... he didn't he couldn't like send me money on his phone for some reason so he was like oh I have this thousand rubles like let's go change it this was like after the fact and he was like, let's go get change. And we're like on Palace Square. There's no stores like right there. You have to go somewhere. And I right. was just like, uh, I don't really want to do that. And then he was like, well, you could just keep the book. And I was like, good idea. Perfect. What, what was the book? <laughs> it's um, OK. So, oh, man, get ready for this character. It's a um, well, I guess a memoir. You could call it a memoir, sort of. But it's the story of this man's father who you will hear about in a second. Okay. And it's called 
I think it's called like, it's not funny at all. It's called like, I'm awaiting death or something. So somehow because you walked up at that time, you like got swindled into buying Oh yeah, it was completely by chance. And so I'm like hovering there, like having now paid for the book, but I'm like, I want to talk to this guy, right? And I don't want like this younger guy to get in my way. So I'm like, be quiet. Let me just pay for you. Like, just to go away. As I'm standing there with my mic while they're transacting before I, before I ended up paying, the older man realizes like that I'm there and the younger man says something about an interview and it just becomes clear that I want to interview the older man. I see. And okay. the older man just starts talking. He just launches into his story. He's like, so I was saying, as I was saying, today I was at the podium. I was there with the governor. We received the parade, the parade of troops, like the military parade. And I received congratulations from Putin, from Moscow, from the Kremlin. I received them for many years. So anyway, I've, I've been distinguished three times before by, he said, by the motherland. Been distinguished by the motherland. I only got two ta- the two times, but he says, I've been distinguished three times. He says, in 1937, my father was arrested. 1937 a family of the enemy of the people, I feel like, is just an important thing to note. It's like, that's like a official term. Okay. So it means his dad was arrested for being a quote-unquote enemy of the people, like a lot of people were in the late 30s, but like, they could have done nothing. So that, and he didn't get into this, but that means that he was like basically outcasted. To be a family of an enemy of the people is like, you're not part of society okay. fully. And then he says he was in an orphanage mm. in this northern... St. Petersburg neighborhood. So this is this must be when the blockade started. He says like it was a horrific, frightening time that it's hard to even talk about. He's basically glowing from this like whole receiving the troops and everything. Значит, за то, что я был репрессирован в Ленинграде, значит, сейчас я от правительства Ленинграда получаю 2064 рубля каждый месяц. Это кроме пенсии и так далее, кроме пенсии. Вот. что еще? And he's like so because I was repressed in Leningrad, now I get 2,064 rubles from the Leningrad government every month, in addition to my pension. And he repeats that. He's like, in addition, in addition to my pension. So any... Oh, what? what? Sorry. I just... That part, like, hurts me. 2,664... First of all, he said 2,064 rubles. That's $33. But how much is his pension? A month. I Pensions are like, I mean, whatever the standard pension is, it's like probably like $300. Is, is that like, I didn't know that that was a thing. So like anybody that survived the blockade receives, or he's getting it because they were, because of the enemy of the people. Thing. Yeah, repressed. Oh, okay. Okay. Repressed is like the enemy of the people thing. So he's just been through like a lot of shit, but at least he gets $33 a month for it. <laughs> it's not funny and he's like what else did i want to say remember i'm not asking any questions (laughs) 
He's just like, what else did I want to say? Yesterday, I spoke at a school to first graders. I gave them each my book for kids, and I gave them honey. And then he says that he has a bee yard in Novgorod. Do you know, I called, I wrote bee yard, but do you know it's called an apiary? No, I guess I didn't know that. Like an, av- like an aviary for bees. Or an apiary, I don't know. So he has one of those in Novgorod. And so, yeah, he even had that kid's story in his bag. Included. So he had like this, like, I'm awaiting death story. And he also had like a children's story, which I don't, I don't know what's, what it's about. It's I'm awaiting death, the kid's version. <laughs> I'm waiting to for zero to three years old. Illustrated for children. <laughs> and then he says the day before yesterday he was at, he was with fourth graders and he told them some examples, some stories. And he's like, I told them this scary example. I live on Vasilyevsky, but my wife and I live far off in Novgorod Oblast. Winter, summer, spring, fall. I have a black banya. Oh, nice. A sauna. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Fish in a pond that I dug out with an excavator myself. And here, this will be interesting. We left a long time ago. We, we got there and, like, we got there. I don't know where. And we happened to buy potatoes. But not potatoes, like, in a sack or somewhere. But that you need to dig out of a garden. This is a gem. There are places where you go and you buy potatoes in like some villages or oh, something no. and you have to <laughs> dig them yourself out of the so ground. it's like you pick but for it's you dig potatoes it's a, it's literally you dig potatoes <laughs> isn't that amazing that was gonna get dark oh, okay. so hold in your okay. laughter so so we're digging i'm digging my wife's digging my son's digging <laughs> and i say what's that mound oh no this is some kind of burial ground but i'm a correspondent and as a writer you probably notice i'm pretty sociable I went to the district authority, the town authority. Well, I went to the local newspaper. I even went to like higher government authority. And I said, listen, there is a burial ground here. And they said, no, everything's already been moved. <sighs> but then it turned out after that conversation, three years went by. And like three years later, 16 people arrived from, from Nazarbayev. That's the president of Kazakhstan. Uh, It's me speaking. Trackers. They were looking for the burial area of some Kazakhs, Kazakh troops. And on that spot where I had indicated, they found 32 skulls. Then they buried them with honors. They also found five medallions. And one of the medallions, if they had found out about it three years before, the mother could have come and buried her son. But she had died two years before that. So there, these are the moments I can retell, and that's scary. Thirty-two skulls and everything unburied. My wife and I get there, we're alive, no one's thinking anything. I just bought some potatoes by chance and started to dig, and I dug up that story. And he goes, and overall, like switches out into like a bigger context. I've drowned, I burned, I had two planes, I led an expedition, a motor caught fire in, Ki- in Kirov, we landed, we sat around there for a week, then they arrived from Moscow, changed out the crew, and we flew on. Where have I worked? 
on the Baikal, in the Chersky Range. Uh, side note, Chersky Range is an area of Siberia that is like very well known for gulag camps. I worked as a surveyor, a surveyor topographer of the BAM, which is the Baikal Amur Mainline Railroad. So he goes, back then, no one knew what the bomb was, and we were making maps there. So this guy, working out on the bomb, that means out, like, in the area that I said, Chersky Range and stuff, and then on this railroad, as a surveyor, basically Max and I were looking at this, and he thinks it's pretty clear that he was there in the last wave, basically, of the, like, some, it's not the Gulag, it has a different name, it's called Sharashka. Okay. But it's like forced labor for scientists and like it was like a it was like this phase after the war like the last phase of the gulag i think where like a bunch of like geologists and like what he is like a surveyor topographer people um were sent to this area of siberia and were like doing research there but like by By force we're not by force yeah like but he didn't say that but the fact that he's a family of enemy of the people just like sort of adds up yeah interesting yeah and so like he might be one of those people which is like really crazy it's like the it's called the last wave and then he goes and i've graduated from two institutes and there's a lot of interesting stories i can tell i burned drowned i froze i served for one year in the army and suddenly got burned like by water boiled and he said so i spent eight months in the hospital and then i was on crutches and he has a cane okay and he said one of my legs got ruined and the other one has tuberculosis which apparently you can get in your joints and he's like well so i graduated from two institutes if you want to live spin and that's a Russian idiom that I don't know, like, I don't know the equivalent for. Sorry. Okay, can you explain at least a little bit? Spin, like, you have to be in constant motion. But it also has the, like, image of, like, a hamster wheel. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. But I thought when I first heard it that it was more about, like, the fact that you're just, like, if you if you want to live, like, you're twirling, you're spinning, you're, you know, like motion Mm -hmm. and then he goes if you want to live spin like he says that idiom but then he goes i live according to the principle if you want to live live well what do you think of the interview i did want to sort of like give a general idea of the atmosphere because there is this like official celebration happening kind of like off to the side on the square there's like that big stage it's decorated and while I'm like interacting with these really interesting people who have stories to tell, there's like a announcer on stage who's like some kind of he just sounds like a TV personality with like this booming voice, kind of just like spewing cliches at people. He's, he's like just saying like victory day really boomingly and he's like this great people on this great day but he does mention that there's a live stream happening being shown on the stage of people marching down Nevsky and that's the 
sort of like people were all waiting for, this parade that's happening. It's called the Immortal Regiment. And that's like this tradition, not only in Petersburg, where people march on Victory Day holding um, portraits of those who either served in the Great Patriotic War or like survived the blockade or just were alive at that time. Okay. Yeah, it's like a group of people with these portraits that are like, they're at least eight and a half by 11, but some of them are a bit bigger. And can anybody participate in this? Yeah, definitely. Anyone can like, I don't know if there must be special printers who do it, but anyone can have a, this portrait. But a lot of people have sort of like standard looking portraits with their loved one's face on it with like the name and date. So yeah, so this like this regiment comes through and kind of fills in the crowd on the square. And I see like this group, this kind of family off in the distance. I keep seeing people from far away, I think just because like the square gives that sort of vista vibe. It's like, it's like easy to get a good view. And I see this family that clearly the like oldest person who's in a wheelchair is either a veteran or has like was alive at that time. So I go up to them and it's this woman in a wheelchair and her daughter and her granddaughter. The woman in the wheelchair is not really conscious. She's like, she's barely there, but she's like holding a bouquet of flowers and has, again, like the medallions, just like the the guy that we just heard from. Right. And, and the flower thing, I'm also going to talk about that later, but that's a tradition why everyone's holding flowers. They're carnations. I can't speak to the woman herself because she's she either can or isn't speaking. Um, but I just ask the daughter if she can talk to me about what about what the holiday means for them and why they are there. Ну, вы можете рассказать, пожалуйста, что этот праздник означает для вас и для вашей семьи? И, а, ну, начинаем с этого, я думаю. Означает победу, естественно. Радость, счастье о том, что и вот мама моя жива. It means victory, joy, happiness that my mother is alive, that I was born after the war, and that I have a daughter. And for the whole country, of course. And not only for this country, but for the whole world that we were freed from fascism. So, happiness. And then I ask, like, trying to be gentle, like, so is your mom a veteran? <laughs> There's just no way to ask that except for straight up. I was like, so is your mom a veteran? She's like, well, she's a veteran. She's a veteran, yes. She was a worker of the, of the rear guard. She rebuilt the city. When the war started, she was just 15. And at 18, she was already working, and she practically rebuilt the whole city she, that she lived in, including the only church there. So they worked really hard. So what I've <laughs> later read to say to this is that they're talking about, like, a, not Leningrad. They're talking about a city outside of Leningrad. That a lot of, like, I mean, a lot of cities had to be rebuilt, not just, not just big cities. Um, and she says a lot of our relatives lived through the blockade here and remained alive I don't know by what miracle but somehow they stayed alive and so I was like so your mom lived in the city or like because at that point I didn't get that she was from another city and they're like during the war she wasn't here in Petersburg my grandmother her mother worked on the railroad and they were able to evacuate right away probably at the end of June, and they stopped 
in the city in Pskov Oblast called Velika Luka. It's actually not Pskov. I looked it up. It's south and a little east of Moscow. And the Germans also occupied that town, Velika Luka, little town. Before, basically, like while the Germans are occupying it, up until February 1943, they just drove, she said, I'm assuming on the train through the woods, just like constantly going back and forth so that they weren't, so they didn't live with the Germans. Wait, going back and forth between this like little city town and Leningrad? I don't know if they were going like straight back and forth, but she said they just rode, like drove through the woods so they were until like, february 1943 so they were basically just like living on the train yeah that's how i imagined okay. what she was saying because she's like so that she specifically said so they didn't live with the germans maybe because that's also like really questionable oh interesting like she's just wanting to be like they weren't fraternizing with the germans at all well yeah like you can't be living with the germans well you can be but there's i think yeah i think that there were a lot of issues with that after actually i know that so she says, until Vilika Luka, this town was liberated, they were there, they were like just going through the woods, and then they came into the city after the liberation, and that's when my mom started to work to rebuild the city. Сколько лет 50 или 55, я не помню точно, отработала на стройке, поэтому занималась исключительно физическим трудом. Но она у нас очень добрая всегда была, отзывчивая, рассказывала о том, как пленные немцы тоже работали на восстановлении города и как бы ну помогали даже и немцам, потому что голодно было всем, конечно. У нас до сих пор дома есть такая немецкая пепельница какого-то городка, я не помню, которую немец маме отдал за кусок хлеба. Ну, то есть она ему дала кусок хлеба, он был голоден, я не могу. Вот, а он как бы ей вот отдал как память о своем городе. Поэтому... And so she worked in construction for 50 years, I think, or 55 years. She did extremely physical labor. And she was always kind and compassionate. And she told us about how the German war prisoners also worked to rebuild the city and how they even helped the Germans because everyone was hungry at that time. To this day at home, we have this German ashtray from some little town, I don't remember, that a German gave my mom for a piece of bread. She said she gave him a piece of bread because he was hungry, and he gave the ashtray to her in remembrance of his city. So then I'm try- like, she's there, she's like starting to cry, and I just like, I just say something like, it's really wonderful that you're all here together, the three of you. It really was amazing. Yeah, I mean, you sent, I mean, we put, po- you posted that picture in the Telegram channel, but also sent it to me, and it, and it's nice because like the d- the daughter, the youngest of the three, like. I don't know, has like dyed hair and is like <laughs> relatable or whatever you, you want to call that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I identify with this person. And it's yeah, just she's like, probably younger than yeah, us. Yeah, and nice to just like see them all there, like supporting the matriarchy of the family. Matriarch? Matriarch. Yeah. So I then like say, like, it's really wonderful that you're all here together. And then I ask like one more question Do you always celebrate uh, on the street, like in public? And the granddaughter answers me this time, the girl with the dyed hair. She said, yeah, at least since we brought my grandma to Petersburg, we try to bring her out to come out and to see what everything looks like now. 
this is really, this was super interesting. So I had just asked, like, do you always come out to celebrate? And the granddaughter answers me. And then the daughter, who had been speaking to me before, sort of breaks into the conversation or just starts telling me another story. And she says, my mom's aunt and uncle, they lived on Lermontovsky. Lermontovsky is right next to me. It's like parallel street to where I live. Nobody take notes. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom's other uncle studied in Pushkin. When the blockade started, they were there. And the uncle who was from Pushkin, he came to his sister on Lermontovsky. And he hadn't eaten at that time for, I don't know exactly, like five or seven days. And she had some kind of piece of paste, that glue that they ate. And after the war, he said, Dusa, you saved my life at that piece. But now they've all passed away. So my mom is the last of the Mohicans in our family. I kid you not. She said that. Wait, what? So apparently, like the last of the Mohicans before it was a stupid ass movie in the 90s is a really old book published in the 1800s, I think. Okay. And apparently it's like on the like required reading list for like Western literature in the Soviet Union because apparently the last as if you say the last of like 99% of people will be like Mohicans. (laughs) Wait why did you ask Max about this and he's like yeah. Yeah. Oh my god that's such a good little tidbit. Wait also I'm confused the glue by glue do you you mean like an edible paste right some sort of like mash thing. Oh no 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 I don't know what the fuck people were eating during Uh. this time but during the blockade people were not eating food. Yeah they were definitely eating like glue and like wood. Yeah it's fucked up but it's just like such an intense story and she just told me it without me asking you know yeah these are really good so far lily i know it's insane yeah. but i know like i didn't uh, i didn't even try i was just like hello they were like okay <laughs> all so right and st- hey, you were worried <laughs> that people weren't gonna want to talk to you they're like lady get your mic out <laughs> <laughs> boy do i got one for you so i just said that i just thanked her at that point and and it was so sweet because at the end she said like thank you like thank you for your attention and she said thank you for remembering Uh which I thought was very touching so I just wanted to like tell this quick little explainer um now about the flowers that I've been touching on about like how all the people who are veterans or lived through the war were getting uh carnations I didn't know about that which is annoying because I would have come prepared with a bouquet of carnations to give to people But I I figured it out by like watching what was happening, which was that like kids, actually everyone, people of all ages would go up to people with medals or people who already hard carnations. There was that pattern matching and give them a flower um, and congratulate them. So that's like the tradition. There was also a lot of like, you know, general look like men in military uniform, like posing with pictures with little boys also in uniform, like like the dog in a uniform everybody was just like in some sort of military-esque garb it seems like well a lot of people were the kid thing though is really weird I didn't take pictures of the kids because I don't I don't know I feel weird taking pictures of kids I mean but like uh, little boys in like full uniform is really yeah, weird it is like how little like five that little I saw more like eight but I'm sure people would do it to a five-year-old they did it to their dog it's like that thing doesn't even know what's going on um and like like a little boy like posing with a picture posing for a picture with like a general and the general being like 
like I saw this happen he like kissed his cheek and like was you know had his arm around his shoulder and was just like posing for a picture and was like our future protector and I was like oh god our future um defender 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 our future defender it's like oh god spare me spare him but yeah the flower tradition was really would have been really nice to know about thanks no one also when I was looking around for people to talk to I was also sort of like looking for people with bouquets and I saw this lady with again the awards pinned to her lapel and a bouquet of carnations and so and she's older and I go up to her wait can you explain real quick what like the medals are because they're not just like military medals right like they're just like Soviet I don't know what each one is I'm yeah yeah I don't think they're all military I think for example like the first guy that we heard from I think he probably has a medal for being repressed he probably has a medal for well he said three times he'd been recognized so he probably has three medals for his like duty to the motherland but plus 2064 rubles every month but I don't you know I don't I don't know what they're called each one okay okay um and military people are in uniform so there's that so when when you ask the the daughter of that woman like is she a veteran like you in your head you weren't necessarily think you weren't necessarily meaning like a veteran as in she was part of the military no no no. I actually was asking like did she fight because she was like so sort of not like she's so incapacitated that like she was like covered in blankets like she could have been in a uniform for all I know you know what I mean you're like is there a uniform under that blanket but I wasn't even thinking about that I was more thinking that she was like someone who protected the city or like lived through something which is true okay so I anyway about the flowers so I go up to this woman hoping to speak to her also and I go up to her and I'm like she's really I see her talking to a lot of people so I'm like I know she's like a, a talkative one and and I'm like happy holiday and the first thing I say is I'm sorry I don't have any flowers for you and she goes, oh, let me present you with a flower. <laughs> Wait, to give back to her? Well, she just says that and hands me the flower. And of course, I'm like okay. immediately like, oh, perfect. I'm like, oh, then let me present you with a flower now <laughs> that I have a flower. <laughs> but she like. Did she like that? No, she's not really. She like opens her. She's like pushing the flower at me with her palm and is like insisting that I keep it. And okay. she's like, no, 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 no. Like that. And. I don't know like what other words were exchanged between us, but I, I just, I think said like happy holiday again. And I like was thanking her and she just said like, it's mutual or something. (laughs) And like also said happy holiday to me. And I was like, I didn't do anything lady. The last May 9th voice that we'll hear from is that of an elderly woman who was actually the first person I, I spoke to. She was like sort of arriving on the, on the scene just before the immortal regiment arrived and i also asked her the same like general question of what the holiday meant to her and the first thing she says is wait wait wait, wait. what age is this person she's turning 69 on june 23rd okay <laughs> okay all right never mind <laughs> um it's funny that you ask because the only person who told me so again like with the other people i spoke to i ask her what this holiday means to her and the first thing she says is freedom she's like freedom means freedom it means 
There's no yoke. Do you know what that's a reference to? As in, do I know what a yoke is? Like the Mongol yoke in Russian history. That's a, that's the thing that always comes into my mind. I guess no. I in my mind they she's just meaning generally like a yoke, not specifically a Mongol yoke. But explain what it is. Well, yeah, I feel like she is just meaning a yoke, like you know, like that thing that's hanging over animals. But yeah, because Russian history has like the history of the Mongolian occupation that was called the Mongol yoke. Yeah, that was called the Mongol yoke. Uh, to me, it references that definitely. So that's like around the Middle Ages in Russia. So like while Europe was like being in the Middle Ages, Russia was like cut off from the rest of the world under, yeah, under Mongolian occupation. I think that's what people say. Right? Seems right. Seems right to me. Genghis Khan time probably. <laughs> right, pillage and burn. Yeah. Okay. She goes, there's no yoke. Everyone lives as they... We have to live by the rules. You probably have rules in life. We have them too. So is she saying you as like you young person or you as in you foreigner? I think so. I think she's saying you foreigner and she directly like started on that with me. She's the only person who like noted that. You have rules. We have them too. And, she goes, and that's why this is a really important holiday for me. It's like my birthday. That's it. And I was like, okay, so do you always come out in public? On the, uh, do you come out on the street to celebrate this holiday? She goes, mm, no. To be honest, no, no. Because, well, last year, of course, I celebrated. But the year before that, I was sick, so I couldn't. But I was at home, and we celebrated a little bit, just with friends. But we're always celebrating May 1st. Well, May 1st, we celebrate in the garden, meaning people go to their dachas. I went to my girlfriend's house, and we made garden beds. This is what she's telling me, so I don't know what to tell you. May 1st is Labor Day, but I guess she's also meaning in like a pagan way they like... They spend the day. Maybe she has a maple. Let's get an invite to her I, house. I think she does have a maple. <laughs> yeah, they like spend the day like preparing garden beds. You that know? is a very nice thing to do for a, like celebration. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. She's like, everyone does it, but I've never heard of that. Then she switches to May 9th, but she actually says May 1st, but I know she means May 9th. She goes, but May 9th, that's a sacred holiday. It's like Easter, New Year's, and... Like my birthday. For me, these four holidays are obligatory. New Year's, Easter, May 9th, and my birthday. And I'm like, okay, so obviously when is your birthday? I'm interested. And she's like, soon, June 23rd, I'll be 69 years old. I was born after the war. But my father, he fought. He fought here. And, well, he was in the blockade. And I try to sort of, she doesn't go on. And so I have to, I can't starly her. So I'm like, so he was in the blockade. Did, did he tell you about that? She goes, no, he didn't talk about, he didn't talk about it. I was born out of wedlock. Sometimes he came by, but generally I didn't interest him. He had another family and we also lived in another family. That's why, well, it was like that. And I say, are you from this city? Are you from St. Petersburg? And she goes, yes, yes, but my Nana, and this is a weird thing. She says Nana, but Max and I think she's talking about her mother. Okay. Just based on the context. 
Nanan is like a pet name that you would usually use for grandmother? No. It's, it's not, not a anything? pet name that is recognizable. Oh, okay. Interesting. I think it's like a, her name for her mom. Okay. She just like sort of slipped up. She like used a personal name. I mean, she seems a little loose screws. Slightly batshit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, my Nana was born in Chuvasha. Then she was given to an orphanage. There was a bad famine there between the Volga and the Oka rivers. That's east of Moscow. It's like this big swath of land between those two rivers with Penza in the middle. She was in an orphanage in Astrakhan. And then from the or- orphanage, she worked in a canning factory for the front. So that on the front, there would be condensed milk, jam, canned meat. All of that went to the front. Then in 45, when the blockade was broken, or what year was that? In, in 43, the blockade was broken. She went there to, as they say, to rebuild the city. And that's it. She got attached. And then I said... Have you noticed that, that the way people celebrate this holiday has changed over time? Has anything changed in, in your lifetime? Почти нет. То есть при советской власти все очень сильно отмечали. Но тогда и ветеранов было еще много. Almost nothing. That is, during the Soviet times, everyone really celebrated it, strongly celebrated. And there were a lot of veterans then. And when they walked by, it was breathtaking. Because the veterans, how to put it, gave their souls. They died for the motherland, precisely for the motherland. And now there are so few veterans left. They're dying. They're already at that age. Well, the children of veterans, what are they called? The children of the war, who fought together with the grown-ups. They're still alive, of course. They're still fighting, as they say. They fought then and they're fighting now. So many children went to the front. They changed their date of birth just to be able to go to the army. In that sense, our country is probably the only one of its sort. No one forced anyone to war. Everyone went by themselves. So if right now, God forbid, a war starts, again, everyone will get up, will rise up as one, and they'll go. And they won't question, because the motherland is something sacred for you as well as for us. You see, your motherland is something you can't get away from, you can't hide from. I'm proud of my country, because I am Russia. That's the episode. As always, be sure to follow us on Telegram, Twitter, and something else. What's the other thing? Arena. Fuck. Arena. At She's in Russia. If you have any questions about Russia, really anything at all, give us a call at plus one. 347-212-7... Oh my god, that is a completely native number. Plus one, 347-292-7126 and leave us a message or you can do the same thing on Skype at She's in Russia. Lastly, be sure to sign up for our image-based monthly newsletter at she'sinrussian.com and we will see you next week. That's why I look like I'm like a 40-year-old lesbian already. <laughs> Because lesbian. Or a young man. That's not bad.
I'll take young man over old you lesbian any day. That reminds me of a ride to Monty Python, remember? Old woman. 